Pardon the interruption, but I'm Stephen A. Smith. Hey, Tony, when Wilbon is gone, do you miss him? Tony Kornheiser. Wilbon? Wait, is he the guy who used to sit there? Is he that guy? <laughs> so we say this, we kid because we love, and because as much as we love Wilbon, he's not watching the show. He's in Japan. All right. So we don't have to worry if he sees it or he doesn't see it. But if I he texts me, I'll tell him you were great. Somehow, I'll tell I, him you were great. somehow I don't think he would be worried even if he did. Probably. <laughs> Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. With Wilbon, too soft to work the entire week. I am lucky to be joined by our great friend from First Take in his very own daily radio show, Mr. Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> and we begin today with a story about an all-star athlete going to the Bulls. Not Wilbon, Chicago Bulls. Real bulls, actual bulls, the bulls that run wild in the streets in Pamplona, Spain. Josh Norman, a former all-pro cornerback who the Redskins are paying a total of $75 million, is shown in this video literally jumping over a bull. This was a huge thrill for Norman who said, quote, I had to face the bull straight on. It was fun. It was worth it. It was really worth it, unquote. Stephen, if you ran the Redskins and you woke up to this this morning, what would you do? Let me tell you something what I would do, Tony. I'd have picked up the phone. I'm talking about Daniel Snyder. I'm not talking about the general manager. I'm not talking about the head coach. I'm talking about the, I'm talking about the owner, Daniel Snyder. I'd have picked up the phone. I'd say, excuse me. I just gave you $37 million over the last two years. By the way, you've been here three years. We ain't made the, you, ain't, you haven't made the Pro Bowl one time. Right. Okay. Underperformed. Here, He's underperformed. $37 million. You're slated to make $15 million. Did you know that if I just got rid of you right now, I would, I, I would save $11 million on my cap? What the hell is wrong with you? So Do you know what? I, I better not ever, ever in life see that again as long as you're wearing a Redskins uniform. You got to be crazy. So wait a second. So you wouldn't say to Josh Norman, you have mad hops jumping over the bull like no, that? Look no, at I would that. not. I would have said exactly what you would said. I would have said you've underperformed for me, and now you're doing something that could get you killed. Five people were gored, apparently, in that thing. Yes. I mean, I'm thinking to myself, well, I... The Redskins are terrible. Okay, they're a terrible team. Mm-hmm. What if they lose a guy to bull goring? Like when you go on the DL, is that what it is supposed to say? I would think that, you know, I, I thought about this. What would be in your contract right. that you were prohibited from doing? Uh-huh. This wouldn't be in there because nobody would ever think you would do this. Yeah, you're supposed to know better. That's really, I like Josh Norman, but you're supposed to know better. Now, the man accounted for seven turnovers last year, three, four. Had a good year. His best year. Had a good, had his best year yeah. as a Redskin. Pretty decent year. Pro football focus, Josh Norman, did you know they have you ranked as the 69th best quarterback in football? And I'm watching you jump over bulls? We got a problem. So do you We got a problem. Should we put it in the contract that you can't walk into the Lions then, that you can't hold poisonous snakes at a tent revival? What what are you doing? Come up with anything that you can think of, and plus I would have the right to modify and add stuff at my discretion if it endangers your ability to potentially play football for me. They're not cutting him. Trust me. I know this team. They're not cutting him. They're not. No. They're not. By the way, if you didn't hear about this guy, let me introduce you to him. James Ennis III. A virtual unnamed forward for the Philadelphia 76ers just signed a two-year extension to remain with the team. When asked why, he didn't say it was about the money, nor did he say it was about his love for the city of Philadelphia. No, Tony, he said the reason he elected to stay was that Kawhi Leonard, with Kawhi Leonard now going to L.A., the 76ers would walk into the conference finals in the Eastern Conference. Tony, should he have opened his mouth and said this? And is he right? 
So my first reaction was, who in God's name is James Ennis III or James Ennis II? And I did small research because I don't do the kind of research that you do. And I find out that he plays about 12 to 15 minutes a game. And he's just some guy. And he's writing checks that Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons have to cash. Now, I've gone through this with Mike. He loves the 76ers, and maybe you do too. So I'm going to sit back and listen on this. But to me, if you lose Jimmy Butler and you lose J.J. Redick, you've lost a lot of scoring. I don't know why people love the Sixers as much as they do. Well, I would say this. The prevailing point is that his mouth, you know, tried to deposit checks that his backside can't cash. <laughs> he needs to be, he, he just needs to keep his mouth shut. Average six points to rebounds last year. Just be quiet. Be happy you're in the league. That's number one. Having said all of that, I will say this. I have the Philadelphia 76ers like as the favorites to come out of this. Really? Boston has lost Horford. Where did they lose him to? To Philadelphia. They've lost Kyrie Irving, although they replaced him with Kemba Walker. There's some depth issues as well. Milwaukee Lord, lost Miritich. He goes back to Europe. You lost Brogdon. He goes over to Indiana. But they got the best player Look, in the league. You, I understand that. But that. again, Brogdon and Miritich are okay. two big losses, okay? Right, right. We saw Toronto smoke them, led by Kawhi Leonard. He's now in Los Angeles with the Clippers. So when you think about the preeminent roadblocks in the Eastern Conference that could potentially derail the Philadelphia 76ers. All three of those teams are a lesser version of what they were last year. Meanwhile, although the Sixers lose Reddick and they lose Jimmy Butler, two big losses, make no mistake, they got Horford, they acquired Josh Richardson, who's a damn good two-way player coming from Miami. You still kept Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. With Horford, I think that's a big deal and the Sixers should be so I'm not going to go back and forth forever and ever on this, but do you ever worry that Horford at his size will get in Embiid's way? No. And that that won't work. So you think that's going to because work? Because he's an elite defender, he's a great sub, and he can hit perimeter the shots away for the basket. Do you think it's which is possible with Toronto that even though they don't have their best player, that when a team learns to win and accomplishes something, there's some muscle memory and they remember how to win and they shouldn't be discounted that easily. Well, my response to that would be what muscle memory are you talking about? I think the biggest muscle was Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, now, no, if I there understand were others, that. that would be different. To lose him is a big deal. They so you like the, the 76. I like the 76. So you're with James Ennis the third, the second, and the first. I, 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 I'm with James Ennis the first, the second, and the third, but not the dude that opened his mouth. <laughs> okay. The dude that's on that team. Chauncey Billups has a theory as to why nobody has picked up Carmelo Anthony. He said this on Sirius XM Radio. This is a quote. Scoring 30 points meant too much to Melo. He could have games where he had 20, 22 points. We win the game and he's mad. He might have 36, we lose the game, and he's in there picking everybody up. I think now you fast forward the tape. And the reason why he's not in the league, because he's still worthy, is that he hasn't mentally taken that step back to say, okay, I'll come in and play against backups. I'll try to help the team out. I know I might not be able to close, but I just want to help. He's not there yet, unquote. That is some kind of quote. Stephen, is Chauncey Billups right? I don't think it's denied. I don't think it can be denied that he's right because he would know better than most. Uh, the one NBA conference finals appearance in Carmelo Anthony's career, Chauncey Billups was his point guard. When the Philadelphia 70, when he played with uh, the New York Knicks, I'm sorry, Chauncey Billups was his teammate for a little bit there as well. We have to take this into consideration. I'm one person that has constantly come to the defense of Carmelo Anthony, a career 24 point per game scorer, ISO ball kind of play and what have you. I get all of that. But I never wanted to deem him selfish. Chauncey Billups is more qualified to make yeah. that quote than me. And for Chauncey Billups. they played Billups, together on two different and, and teams. That's right. Yeah. To Denver and, and New York. Yeah. For Chauncey Billups to say, quote, you score 20, you score less than 30, and you're down when we win. 
but you score 30 or 36 and you're picking guys up when we lose. That might be the most devastating quote that has ever been said against um, Carmelo Anthony. So I'm gonna, and that can't be denied. I'm going to go back in history for a little while. I mean, because Carmelo Anthony is a great player and he's fallen off a cliff. I mean, nobody, nobody wants him. He's a great, great player. Right. I'm going to go back to the Knicks. I don't do this to make you angry because it's even before you were born. Mm. The Knicks of the Willis Reed and Dave DeBusher okay. team. Uh, at one point, they gave one of their aging stars a sweetheart deal. You know, two, three years on the end of the bench, you don't have to do something. I think it might have been Dick Barnett. Mm. I'm not sure. And in fact, the minutes are reduced, but you, you, you play it out in glory. You know, you're back with the team. And I remember Earl Monroe, who's a great, great player, who essentially took Dick Barnett's spot. Mm. And he said, I want one of those when I'm done. I want one of those for two or three years at the end. And he got one of those, too, and he played 20 minutes a game. This mm -hmm. is a guy who's in the Hall of Fame. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Carmelo Anthony cannot adjust to that sort of deal mm -hmm. because there's a lot of teams who could be helped by him if he were to do that. I can retort with, an even, uh, uh, with even more of a profound, just as a profound of a story. Carmelo Anthony's three best friends in the NBA are considered to be the banana boat crew of Dwayne Wade, LeBron James, Chris, Chris Paul. Paul. Chris Paul has never been to an NBA Finals, but a miniature point guard, floor general. We know how exceptional he is. But again, your size and your game, you're limited to some degree in terms of carrying a team. That's not the case with Melo. Wasn't the case with D. Wade, who won an NBA Finals and an NBA Finals MVP before LeBron ever arrived. Plus, it's certainly not LeBron James. You got drafted in the same draft as LeBron James and D. Wade, and you have never been to an NBA Finals. That's an ouch reality. All is not well in Major League Baseball. Young players aren't getting paid. Older players aren't getting paid enough. And listening to the players, you would think the only thing the owners are doing is laughing hysterically over it. All the way to the bank, by the way. However, while USA Today swears they're furious, Sports Illustrated gave the impression that few of the players care and more of them could barely give a damn. Tony, are the players justified in being furious over their present state of affairs? And do you believe they actually should strike? I don't think they should strike, and I don't think they will strike. And I think strikes are over in major sports in America. But I'll get to the first part of this question by saying what this is about, as you well know, is jealousy over NBA contracts. Mm -hmm. Every other professional athlete looks at these long guaranteed contracts for hundreds of millions of dollars and says... I want a piece of that. Baseball players go, I play 162 games. I'm out there for eight full months. I don't get a fraction of this. They can keep me in the minors to delay the clock ticking so I can get to free agency. They can keep me from free agency for six years. So I, I think their anger is justified. And I think if they had a stronger union, it's possible they could make some progress on those two points. Well, you use the word jealousy. What I would say to you is this. Maybe it's not jealousy. Maybe it's absorbing the reality of this situation and considering it incredibly and excruciatingly unfair. You're a Major League Baseball player. You got you to give a team like five to six years before you can even delve into free agency. And, and in the NBA, you can be 22 that, and 23 that's and get right. there. So, uh, so you have to wait for your pay. Plus, and but, in the NBA, you don't have to spend an apprenticeship in the minors. That's right. Exactly. So you have that reality. But back in the day, at least or as recently as a few years ago, the belief was, OK, we don't get, get paid on the front end, but we'll get paid on the back now end. You but don't. now we saw Kimbrough. We call, saw Keiko. That's These right. guys didn't get contracts until June for crying out loud. You know that, you know, whether it's Trout, it's Bryce Harper, uh, you know, uh, Machado. All of these guys, they had to wait before they got paid. And so when you look at it, they're saying there's another me. part to this. 
It's analytics. Yes. Analytics tells you that you, you're past your prime at 30, 31, or 32. So if you have to wait to 28 or 29 to get the long deal, you're not going to get that deal because people will say you won't produce. But the me. problem is you're not getting paid early. No, and or then, late. And then you're not getting paid no. late. And you're, the prime of your career, you don't even know if you're going to get paid because they don't have to pay you right now. Whereas, again, no, in right. the NBA... You get paid. Let's take a break. Coming up, Boogie says he's ready to play them all for the Lakers. Could he be back at 100%? You, you got to read. Oh, Melvin Gordon wants a new contract. Should the Chargers give him one? Day two, I thought you'd be right on that. I paused. I'm sorry. I'm slipping. I'm slipping. My bad. Technology Truths, brought to you by GEICO. Technology Truths. Truth. Teenagers can communicate entirely in emojis. How was the birthday party? Pizza slice, kitten, soccer ball, pineapple? Truth. It's so easy to switch and save on car insurance at Geico.com. What are you talking about? Paperclip, shoulder shrug, high five, wizard hat? What? Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Ah, it's time to peer into the future, which is why I am dressed as a psychic. For some reason, Stephen A. is dressed as a king. Well, what happened to me? And since our first call. Hi, Tony. Hi, Stephen A. This is Nick, the intern. I just wanted to know, do you see DeMarcus Cousins being back to 100% for the Lakers? Yeah, I'm not a medical doctor. I got a Ph.D. honorary, but I'm not a medical doctor. But I'll tell you this. This comes about because Boogie Cousins has spoken incredibly optimistically about once again playing with Anthony Davis and being on the Lakers. He thinks they're going to be great. When they first were together on New Orleans for a couple of years, I thought it would be a disaster because I thought they'd get in each other's way. But it turns out that Boogie averaged 25 points, 13 rebounds, and 5 assists before getting injured. They played well together before. I'm anxious to see this. Let me say this to you about Boogie Cousins. I think it's the wrong question. It's not about whether or not he's going to be 100% or not. It's whether or not we should care. Because what is he really going to do if you are the fourth option for the Los Angeles Lakers? It's a tad bit different when you're the fourth option because of Steph Curry and Klay Thompson launching threes all over the place. But in L.A. with LeBron and A.D., getting into the interior, shooting 15 to 17 foot jumpers, and a Kyle Kuzma, you know, who's, who's still a baby in this league. If you're behind them, I'm interested in seeing how he's going to respond to that. Why do I feel I should say, yes, your majesty? What's next? Hey, Tony. Hey, Stephen A. This is Chris. I want to know if you see Melvin Gordon getting a new contract before training camp. So he's the best touchdown producer that the Chargers have. In the last 31 games, he's got 38 touchdowns. I think I could interest any team in that. There is some knock against him that he's not as durable as they'd like, that he gets hurt all the time. I honestly think they're a pretty good team. They were a contender last year. Phillip Rivers is getting old. That window is small here. I think they should give him the money. You don't want a Le'Veon Bell situation where your best running back doesn't play at all. Well, the biggest argument you have in your favor is about Phillip Rivers because he is getting old. Yeah. I would tell you is this. Melvin Gordon, I'm not sure he's going to get this contract. Here's why. Two reasons. Number one, even though he scored a touchdown in each playoff game, recording 14 touchdowns for the season, 1,300-plus yards from scrimmage, 
the reality is is that he only had a total of 69 yards in those two playoff games. That's number one. Number two, when you hear his name and you hear about him being disgruntled, they're mentioning Todd Gurley, David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell. The man is good. Melvin Gordon is talented. But you don't Those think dudes he's in that is on a different level, and that's where the And also, goes. in the NFL, they think running backs grow on trees, and you can get him. Well, he's, he's, he's going to make $5.6 million. They are hey, making fellas, 13 Do you see Rafael Nadal upsetting Roger Federer tomorrow morning? See, I don't think this is an upset. I don't think there's any difference between number three and number two in the seedings. And Rafael Nadal, I mean, if this was clay, this would be a walkover. And grass... Federer's great on grass. I understand that. But Nadal has beaten him on grass. There's a couple of statistics here that are interesting. The most interesting is that they played 13 times in major events. Yeah. Nadal's won 10. Yeah. Nadal's won 10. And Federer's going to be 38 years old next month. And Nadal just turned 33. I think age matters. I said this about Serena the other I think it matters. I think Nadal's going to win. I don't. I think Federer is going to get it done. Last time they saw each other in the Wimbledon was 2008 when Federer had won five straight and then Nadal finally knocked him Beat off. Beat him. Won his first, okay? Beat him. And then, but, and, and then this is the first time they're facing each other since that time. Even though Federer is 37, let's keep in mind, this ain't the French Open where he's 0-6 against That's Nadal. Right. This is Wimbledon. That's the difference. Next. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Do you see the electronic strike zone moving to Major League Baseball anytime soon? So I do. It debuted last night in an all-star game in the Atlantic League, which is a league owned by Major League Baseball. I think that the reason they'll go to this, it looks sort of odd, because the umpire is behind on plate. He's getting the ball and strike calls from an iPhone in his pocket, so mm-hmm. it's a little late. I think they're going to do this because they don't want to deal with their biggest problem. The biggest problem is the games take too long. Mm-hmm. It's easy to single out umpires. Players won't stand for umpires. They don't care. And it works in tennis with line calls and stuff like that, I think you're going to see it. And I don't think a lot of people are going to complain because most, you know, as technology goes faster, Mm -hmm. most humans only care about earbuds and Netflix. Allow me to put my hand on this crystal ball. Please do. I think this will be considered maybe the most dumbest idea of the century. Let me get this straight. The ball is thrown. Let me look at my phone. Well, hold on. It says it's a strike. Strike one. No, that's not going to work. Players will lose their mind. The fans will lose their mind. Plus, it will prolong an already long and lengthy, tedious game. No way. It will not work. The phone lines are closed. But in our future, I see us talking about Serena Williams' latest big win. You got to talk. That's right. I do. And is Ice Cube right to throw a bunch of former NBA players of the big three league. If it was on your phone, you got so many texts on your phone, you'd never get the ball and strike calls. That is Happy time. People happy 24th birthday, Joey Bosa. Bosa was the number three overall pick in the 2016 draft by the Chargers out of Ohio State. The defensive end has played 35 games. He's got 28 and a half sacks, which might be considered productive. Bosa's younger brother, Nick, was the number two overall pick of the 2019 draft by the 49ers. Stephen, are the Boses taking over from the Longs as the NFL's first family? Absolutely not. I don't see any championships attached to their resume. Oh, and the Longs have. No, the Longs. They, not, they do. The Longs the have championships. I'm saying the Boses. Right, they don't. Exactly. So they're not taking over. Happy anniversary, Bo Jackson. On this day 29 years ago, Bo tracked down a fly ball at full speed and then proceeded to run along the outfield wall like Spider-Man. 
Bo Jackson made the all-star team in baseball, made the all-star team in football. You can talk about all the great athletes you want. You better mention Vincent Edward Jackson. You absolutely should. One of the greatest ever, without question. Don't you think? Like yeah, I know. In the all-time category. Yeah. A melancholy trails to Jim Bouton. The former Yankee starting pitcher died yesterday at age 80. He won 21 games for the Yankees in 1963 and 18 the following year. But Bouton is best known for his autobiographical book, Ball Four. It was not the first book by an athlete about his craft. That was Jim Brosnan's A Long Season. But Ball Four was the first book by an athlete to reveal secrets about how athletes lived off the field. It was considered scandalous in its day. It made Bouton very unpopular with baseball players. It took the Yankees 50 years to invite him back to an old-timers game where he received a long ovation. And you know what? It's a terrific book. Without question. It really, really was. So, I mean, that's in that category of first-person books like Instant Replay, which Jerry Kramer wrote with Dick Schapp. A Sense of Where You Are, the Bill Bradley book. Mm-hmm. That was a great book. Ken Dryden wrote a great book. It also, it also made us pay attention to lives off the field, a court of play by athletes. Because guess what? How you live determines how much money you might be worth because it affects your performance on the field. People try to act like it doesn't matter. Sometimes it does. But the scandals don't help you if you're looking for ah, the big deal. Let's go to the big finish. Hugh Jackson wants another head coaching opportunity. Do you think he'll get one? Absolutely not. No way on earth. By the way, Serena Williams will face Simona Halep in the Wimbledon final. Who do you like? I like who you like. I like Serena. She is the best player out there. But Halep, while she's never been in a Wimbledon final before, she has at least won a major. So I don't think she's going to be as nervous as some people might be. Kelly Oubre Jr. re-upped with the Suns. For two years and $30 million. Does that make sense to you? Of course it does. In today's NBA, he's in poverty right now, $30 million. Really? Absolutely. Baseball suspended Jake Marisnik two games for his collision with Jonathan Lucroy. Okay by you? Mike and I talked about this. He did not attempt to slide. He might have been trying to get out of the way of the catcher, but he bowled the catcher over. So, yeah, I'm okay. He pulled the Last one, the big three-league booted Lamar Odom, Baron Davis, Jermaine O'Neal, and Bonzi Wells. Your thoughts? I wasn't thinking about the other three. All I was thinking about was Lamar Odom. How the hell did he get in the big three to begin with? <laughs> That's just me. We're out of time. We're trying to do better the next time, and I'm Tony Kornheim. And I'm Stephen A. Smith. Thanks for watching. You can get the PTI podcast on the ESPN app and or Apple Podcasts. Newfoundland, we got you covered. Don't worry about it. Like this, don't you? You want this, don't you? I envy that. Can't have it. Like to have it.